Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Rise to Liberty podcast once again. It has been a little while since I have been on. Um, Was sick there for a little bit. Ended up having influenza A, which uh, I'll tell you, it's no joke. It is no joke. And, uh, you know, COVID ain't got shit. That uh, influenza A, whew, man, definitely wash your hands. And uh, if you're sick, just stay home. Other than that, decided to take a a little time off, you know, trying to uh, take some me time, try and make sure everything's, everything's good. Been also thinking of what to do about the show, uh, seeing if we should keep it in the going in the same direction. Um, can I have some ideas coming up? You know, some some different things I want to try out, and that's what we will be doing. Um, so we'll we'll see how it goes. Um. So I guess let's jump right into it. As you can see, beloved Batman actor Kevin Conroy dies at age 66. This might not be a big deal to some. Uh, Personally, he was, uh, you know, he was the voice of Batman my entire life. Um, Absolutely uh, complete bummer. Uh, It's still one of the... Uh, uh, the the animated series is actually one of the few things that I still watch and enjoy. There's no political bent to it. it it's just, you know, good, uh, a great cartoon. Honestly, I love watching the artwork and the voices are incredible. Even though some of the people behind the voices now, like Mark Hamill, have uh, have uh, exposed their political bias. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. It's just kind of a bummer. Um, it was a real big part of my childhood, which is kind of why I'm featuring it. Let's see here. I did have a little something that I brought up just a little clip. So I'm not sure if anyone remembers, uh, Oh, what what the hell were their names? Obviously, I can't even remember who the hell they are. Uh, Roger and Ebert uh, used to review movies late 80s, early 90s, uh, all the way up until the 2000s. One of them passed away, and then uh, they they continued on for a little while. Um, thought that was kind of interesting. It didn't last long with one of them, but you know, they would always give the thumbs up or the thumbs down for movies. And there was one movie that they both agreed upon, which was pretty astounding. Uh, most of the time, neither of them agreed with one another. Um, and if they did agree, it was typically bad. However, there was one movie that they agreed on and it was uh, Batman mask of the phantasm. It was supposed to be the end of the series, supposed to wrap it up, and uh, they actually ended up both giving it a very glaring 
or glaring, uh, a very uh, wonderful review, which coming from both of them, I still find surprising. Um, I highly recommend it. Honestly, it's, it's a lot of fun. Just go watch the movie. It's a great story. Like I said, I like it personally just because it's there's gives me an escape from all the political stuff. It seems like that's constant. And so, uh, you know, that's my choice. However, I do need a break every now and then. Uh, it gets old. But here's a bit of a clip. Hopefully it's good. Joker. It's a good movie like i said i recommend it it's just it's a lot of fun and uh you know it might not be your thing batman might not be your thing it's cool but i did just want to uh <laughs> mark hamill will save ukraine with flying robots <laughs> that's a good one um you know, it's just kind of a huge bummer. Kevin Conroy, from everything I heard, he, he was, you know, a decent person. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of a bummer when those things happen. So kind of wanted to open the show show with that. So let's get down to brass tacks. Um, let's see here. Let me just pull this up. So we just passed the uh, midterms uh, we were exp we I don't, I don't know why we say we I've said that a couple of times today already people were expecting a a red wave a, a red wave of uh, Republicans you know just sweeping the house and the Senate which I don't know it, it all of this just seems crazy to me um, let's see here. Here we go. So as we can see with the results of the election, I pretty much agree with the sentiment of this, uh, this article I found on zero hedge. The election won't change much in DC. The real battle is now in the States. I pretty much agree. Um, I didn't think there was going to change much anyways. Uh, my personal opinion is that there's no difference between Republicans and Democrats. I mean, Republicans now are basically Democrats from 20 years ago. Um, the only reason Republicans look so good at all is because Democrats are so shitty. It, I just, neither of them do any good neither of them do the things that they promise that they're going to well actually i i take that back i believe democrats when they say that they're going to do the things that they're going to do i don't believe democrats that 
what they do is going to produce the results that they say. Um, so I believe it's kind of, uh, it, it's two-faced. They're, they're, I believe more often than not, Democrats know exactly what they're doing. They're just lying. Whereas in Republicans are spineless and it, they, they just don't do anything. Uh, anytime that it's actually important for them to do anything, they end up just bending the knee. And then there's also Democrat or uh, Republicans, either or. There, there's Republicans that I personally believe are actively going along with the Democrat uh, establishment. I have yet to see any convincing evidence to to prove this stance wrong that you know there is no difference between democrats and republicans anyone who looks at politics objectively i i don't see how you could see any different um so let's see let's get into this a little bit this is a uh a good article much like anything on zero hedge one of my uh, main news sources so there's the section of this that says uh, the big changes will be at the state level. Obviously, I'm not going to sit and read the article. You can go read it yourself. Um, let's see, in fact, I'll make sure and copy that and throw it in the in the chat. So. I personally believe, um, well, actually, let me preface this with a little bit of a little bit of a backstory. So I personally ran uh, this election cycle. Um, it was interesting. Uh, I, I learned a lot. I learned exactly why people don't run for public office. It's, it's extremely difficult. It's expensive. You have to dedicate your entire life to it. And then even when you do those things, obviously there's no guarantee. It's hard on your friends, your social life, your family, everything. It's, it's incredible. Um, so I actually didn't run an actual election. And what I mean by that is I didn't sit and campaign the way that I should have. It was more of a paper ballot campaign, which is what it's called. So I basically, you know, I made some public appearances. I did... Uh, some public debates. I was quoted in the newspaper several times. That was actually really cool. I was able to spout some some radical shit in the newspaper talking about ending government involvement in schools. That's great. Then again, who, who the hell reads the newspaper these days? Um, so let's see. Let me pull up the results real quick. I believe we have final results in. Uh, I am going to keep sh uh, checking the results. Interesting thing. Um, so ever since 2020, um, election results take quite a while to get in. Um, I never... I don't ever remember that happening before 2020. Um, 
or 2016. No, it was 2020. Um, now, I mean, they're saying that it could possibly take weeks to get final results for everything. Um, now, th this is something I haven't necessarily addressed before on the show. Uh, do I think that the 2020 election uh, was stolen? I don't know. That's kind of a, a loaded question. Do I believe that there was election fraud and election meddling, uh, voter suppression, those sorts of things in 2016, 2020? Uh, yeah, I do, 100%. And with that, I also still believe that uh, the almighty... Uh, Trump God still lost regardless of whatever meddling there was. Um, I, I would like to point out if, if uh can't remember who said this, but if, if elections actually did anything, they wouldn't allow us to do it. Um, to think that there's no meddling or no uh, inconsistencies with the elections anyways it's just absurd to me. I mean, this kind of just goes back to the whole, I believe the entire system is bullshit anyways. Um, so with that, why did I decide to run? It's, it's still an option for us. Um, I believe in a peaceful solution. And even though I believe that these things are bullshit, I will try every peaceful option before there could be uh, another option that I would get kicked off of uh, YouTube for openly talking about. Let's see here. So, so far, let's see. So here are the results as of right now. 6% uh, of the vote, 6.85% of the vote. 526 votes. Thank you to everyone who did vote for me. Um, Obviously, we can see here uh, the 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 Democrats still lost. Good. Um, I personally know him. Uh, one, which is the stupidest thing ever. One Neil Hansen. Um, I was actually his neighbor for quite a while um, in the public debate that I attended. He didn't remember me, and that. That was okay with me. Um, he would have been a, a, a terrible person to take the position. Uh, Cal Musselman, the incumbent. Let's see, come on. Why can't I highlight this? User error. Cal Musselman. Uh, he is an interesting guy. I have yet to, to meet him in person. Um, I don't know who he is personally. So, you know, e even if I did know, I, you know, personal attacks, it's, it's a weak argument. What I can say, and this kind of goes back to the reason why I ran, I looked up his track record with what he was doing with the position uh, as a uh, member of the state legislature. And... To me, it looks like he's practically done nothing. In my opinion, he is squandering the position. And what little he has done, not to say that he has not 
done good things. He's he's done a couple of good things, but I can count them on one hand. Um, so I felt the need to run and still feel the need to run next cycle in, in the next two years, if I am still currently living in this same district, if I do run next time, uh, or, you know, if I run for the same position, I will be running a full campaign, uh, and everything that entails, uh, th that includes hiring staffers, campaign manager, um, fundraising events, phone banking, door knocking. We are going to go at it hard. So if you can see by the results, you might have to look a little close. So 6.85% of the vote, uh, which is 526 votes. Considering I did very little, I'm actually surprised at that number. Let's see, 2,347 for one. Neil Hansen, and then 4,801 votes to win uh, for Cal Musselman, which is 62.56%. So, I mean, we're, we're talking, well, let me just do the math so I don't look like a complete moron. Let's see. So, 7,674 votes as it sits right now. Um, like I said, I am not 100% sure if these are final numbers. I don't believe our, um, our county clerk has certified the election results yet. Uh, and in case nobody knows, that is who certifies the elections in each county. Um, and that is an elected position, by the way. Um, so if you don't like your current county clerk, you can vote them out, but you also have to have somebody running for county clerk to oppose them. So, uh, and they're, you're also your county clerk, they're, they're not hard to get a hold of. So if you are unhappy with something, you can get a hold of them uh, fairly easily. So, but this is a, a rather important position and uh, they make very important decisions. So make sure to uh, stay on top of these uh, the, these people, their decisions, what they're doing, what they believe. Um, make your voice be heard. So these numbers could change, but I'm I'm assuming this is pretty much where they're staying. Let's see here. So even with this. <clears throat> I definitely believe that the red wave everyone was expecting, that was a joke. Um, the idea that, uh, I could go to so many directions. I've tried thinking about this a lot and it's just, this is not to say that any election ever won't be fair. It won't be this or that. However, I do believe that the system is entirely broken and there is opportunity and motive for a lot of people to bend the system in 
a particular way if they see fit. Now, my, let's see, what my ultimate thing that I've learned, I guess, the, the, the message that I have learned from running um, definitely there's no difference between Democrats and Republicans. I, I have watched these people, these candidates who some of them I know personally, um, I've met many of them and Republican or Democrat, there, there is just no difference. Um, I highly recommend whether you vote or not, Go and meet these people in person any chance you get. If there's a if there's a uh, an event where your senator, uh, congressman, is speaking, you get a chance to meet them. Go meet them. Doesn't mean you have to partake in this system, but go meet these people. Go talk to them. Go shake their hands. Look them in the eyes. Excuse me. It is very telling. And. There is just so little difference. Now, my back to my, my big lesson that I, I believe that I have learned is if, if you don't have a million, two million dollars to be able to spend, uh, a federal election is pointless. If you are if you actually give a shit about this country at all, if you love this country, if you love freedom and liberty, and you actually want things to change for the better, um, a federal election is not going to save you. Now, I don't like the guy. I don't support the, the guy. Well, actually, I can't say I don't like him. I've never met him in person. I don't think I would like the guy. But Trump got into office. My ultimate feeling about Trump is that although he is an outsider, um, he, if the state, you know, the deep state asks you to do 10 things, he would do seven or eight of them. But every once in a while, he'll throw a curveball and do something because it's something he wants to do. Whereas in somebody like Joe Biden, will do whatever they say 100% of the time. So that's the only way he's, he's a real outsider. Mind you, he, he was a major Democrat or a, a DNC um, donor. That was the word I was looking for. God, he was a major DNC donor uh, all the way through the 80s, the 90s, into the early 2000s which is when he says terrible things about Hillary Clinton and who she is as a person, that's why I believe him. He, he knows. He definitely knows. Um, you know, he, he's an 80s Democrat, 90s Democrat. He, he's not this uh, freedom-loving person that uh, the new right puts him up to be. Um, he he's done a lot of uh, terrible things. He's pushed Israel's policies. He's he's really doubled down on that. Actually, um, 
he didn't get us into any new wars, but he was unable to end any war while he was in. He's just not, he's a, he's a polished turd in my opinion. Although I do think he is a troll master and that's one thing I do like, you know, he said things like, um, we'll, we'll take the guns first and ask questions later. Uh, record spending under Trump. He also had Operation Warp Speed. I mean, there's there's three reasons that uh, freedom and liberty-loving people should not be supporting this man. He, he isn't for the people. He's done things that have benefited us, but my question is, is at what cost? Like I said, record spending for him. I believe what we are experiencing now um, as far as economically, that this is due to Trump's policies, not Biden's policies. We haven't even reached the beginning of some of these uh, Bidenomics policies. We, we haven't even begun to see what's going to happen. Um, I mean, we have as far as gas, uh, thanks for killing the uh, Keystone XL pipeline day one, you know, depleting our oil reserves, and now we're on the border of a diesel shortage, which will be real fun when the food stops being delivered. Once, uh, once everything stops, it's going to be real interesting. So let's get back to this. So really local elections, in my opinion, many others opinion, uh, and this is coming from somebody who has just finished up a, a state level race, who was working closely with other people who were running very local races. Um, let's see, let's bring up something I didn't plan on showing. So coming from somebody who just finished up a local race, um, who is deeply involved in politics to sometimes a unhealthy level, kind of tongue in cheek joke. Um, local races still do matter. Voting locally still does matter. Um, as far as what office matters, uh, that, that could change depending on exactly which office you're talking about. Now, here in my state of Utah, I personally don't believe that voting for our governor, uh, who is coming up in the 2024 election cycle, I don't believe voting for his office is going to change uh, any iota. He has, uh, he has funders who have every intention of keeping him in office. So it's really interesting. The Utah GOP party, uh, there, there's a lot of people here, uh, party members that are very unhappy with the direction that Governor Cox has actually gone in. Um, anyone outside of Utah, yes, that's his actual name, Governor Cox. I'm not just being a smart ass. Um, he has done a lot of things to betray the voters. 
Um, he's followed a lot of Democrat policies, you know, say whatever you want to, like why he's doing it, it's strategy, you know, play to both sides, whatever. Point is, Utah GOP members are very unhappy with him. Not all, but a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. And yet, they still support the Utah GOP. The Utah GOP, the establishment, the, the party, the structure, still supports Governor Cox as a front-running candidate, as their governor. And they don't see the irony in this. So, point is, is depending on the race, if I voted against Governor Cox, and if there's a libertarian that's running, you better believe I will. If not, I just, I won't vote. I'm not going to vote for a Democrat, and I'm not going to vote for him. So either way, he's not getting my vote. But regardless, even if I do vote for a libertarian, he's still going to win office because of the very powerful, influential people who have a financial backing to keep him in office. Now, there's also other people uh, at, at a state level that have financial interest or have backers who were financially uh, invested in keeping them in office. Um, so it really just depends on the person, what office. Not to say that, you know, Governor Cox couldn't lose his next position. It's possible, but it's so unlikely. You can't expect that to, uh, to happen. However, the local races still are more important than anything. At this point, once again, federal races are just, it, it's, it's worthless. It's a waste of time. On top of that, there's a lesson from history. Um, actually, it, it's uh, the Battle of Waterloo. Not sure how familiar anyone is with the battle um, you know, the, the, the French, uh, the family Rothschild actually funded both sides of that battle. And that's relevant because they were the ones that no matter what, no matter what side won, they won. Same thing is happening now. It's happened before and it will continue to, to happen. At that federal level, there are major players, major institutions and individuals, families, who have financial interest in both sides. So no matter what side wins, they still win. So, why should you vote at all? Well, as a anarcho-capitalist, I've struggled with this a little bit only because, yeah, why, why should you vote? It doesn't matter. Um, these people are going to win. I shouldn't waste my time. Well, that's why I vote libertarian. The reason I vote libertarian, because whether it means something or it doesn't, and it doesn't, if I, if I vote 
libertarian, then it's still on paper that I am not going along with these people. I take time out of my day to go do that just so there's an official record to say, fuck the two-party system. I want nothing to do with it. To me, that's worth it. It's worth it for there to be an official record of me saying, fuck the two-party system, fuck Democrats, fuck Republicans. I'm voting for somebody else. I would rather have it on paper that I am throwing my vote away, which is nonsense, that I'm throwing my vote away and, you know, upsetting the election for this group or that group or whatever. So that's why I still vote. That and the fact that it's, even though it's a uh, empty symbolic gesture, it's something that we can still do. And I'm not going to give up any ground, any right. And just, I, I'm not going to give it up just because it doesn't change anything. Now, once again, locally, it can change things. Your city council, um, county commissioner, these are races you can directly affect. These are races that definitely um, affect your daily life. These are elections that a couple of votes can change the outcome. Not to say that there is no corruption at this level, but there because there is um, any important position, there's going to be corruption. That's, that's the nature of this entire game in the first place. But these are less uh, corrupt. Well, I, I don't even want to say less corrupt, but there's still more meaning. You can still affect them. So federal, fuck federal. I do it as a symbolic, fuck you. Locally, I still pay attention. There, there's certain positions that are more important than others. Judges, your, uh, oh, county prosecutors. Your county prosecutors and your judges are some of the two most important positions. Just think of how bad things can get. Well, if you want to know how bad things can get, Look at places like uh, San Francisco, Nancy Pelosi's district, to be specific. Um, they just don't prosecute crimes. So, you know, it's all catch and release with the police. And that's the kind of city you end up living in. I would personally still want to vote for that. I mean, it's to the point where people want to leave the city versus do anything about it, which I think is a, a weak-ass position. Stay there and fight for your damn city. But, you know, I don't live there, so I guess it gets to a certain point. If I lived in Portland, I guess I would leave. Okay, let's see here. So, election results right here. This is one that I am super, super proud of. Um, Brian, if you're watching or ever end up watching this, you did a great job. And I am surely proud of you, brother. But right here, County Commissioner Seat B. 28.18% of the vote. That is incredible. That is incredible for a libertarian. 
typically libertarians cover anywhere between one to five percent of the vote uh, i've got this one nose hair just uh anyways one to five percent is typical for republicans you can look at uh races all over the country uh for this exact same thing um in fact there was a, a libertarian I believe chase oliver in georgia yeah that took two percent of the vote and uh now we're all getting blamed for uh libertarians spoiling the election and getting a democrat elected whatever you obviously don't know how elections work and uh yeah it's interesting so you know one percent to five percent that's fairly typical for a libertarian election at least historically so this uh 28.18 percent mind you brian is a political nobody he's never ran for office before he's not a big outwardly spoken person um he doesn't have this huge reputation in the community he's uh you know politically he is unknown ah. so this is his first big thing doing anything and so 28.18 percent of the local vote that is incredible. Um, it, it's it's just awesome, honestly. Uh, I love the number two, uh, 16,666. Pretty funny, in my opinion. Uh, uh, okay. So, these are the sorts of races that actually do matter. You can actually change the outcome in. And these are the people who do affect your daily life. Some of these races might be bullshit more than others. But this, this is impressive. This is the sort of thing that keeps me white-pilled, personally. So, moving forward. Well, actually, let me just comment on one more thing real quick before we uh, get to the uh, what now. Um, Democrats are terrible. They are destroying the country. They will continue to destroy the country. They don't know economics. They don't have any good uh, solution to social issues. Their only solution is more government, more government spending, more government programs. It, it's, it's crazy. It is just crazy. They are terrible. They are so radical that, well, they're, they're so radical and they're so terrible that the current Republican Party actually looks good. People think that they are freedom fighters, that they actually care about freedom. The vast majority of GOP establishment in all 50 states, um, and I'm, I'm talking candidates, I'm not talking voters. Uh, voters is a different discussion, but 
Republican candidates, the establishment of the Republicans, they, they are weak. They run terrible candidates. Uh, Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania, this, this election cycle is a perfect example of that. Dr. Oz is a shit candidate. He wasn't for freedom. He wasn't for expanding liberty. He wasn't for any of these things. He was a terrible candidate. And he was going to do terrible things. What's funny is John Fetterman and Dr. Oz are actually not that far apart on a lot of things. Um, so Democrats are so terrible that Republicans look good. Well, if you zoom out, uh, the, the Republicans are not that great. They're, they're weak. Uh, the, the, the establishment ones that actually have, you know, power and, uh, are able to get things done are just like a red cunt hair away from doing the exact same things that the Democrats are doing. Um, or it's just, it's, I, I don't know. They're, they're just so close. There, there's no difference. Mitch McConnell, a Brino, I, I guess, uh, Republican in name only. You know, uh, I, I think that's kind of a, an overused term. These people just, they don't care. Democrats would literally, will literally vote a person with brain damage into office, into a U.S. Senator's position, <laughs> into a U.S. Senator's position to beat the Republicans. Now I'll give the D Democrats this dedication and able to uh, get their dumbass voters out there to go vote for them. There's no party that's better. Uh, it, it's it's incredible. I I don't understand why the libertarians aren't uh, following up on more of uh, the the strategic. Um, well, just, I, I guess, the strategy of a lot of Democrat campaigns. Obviously, we could replace the ideas. Um, but their ability to mobilize and get out there and uh, get people excited, get people enraged and stuff is just it's something else. You know, may, maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe it's it's not, you know, we, we wouldn't be able to replicate that on a, a libertarian platform. Um, last person to really light the fire in people in their, in their hearts and their minds, uh, with libertarian ideas was, was Ron Paul. Um, I, I think there's some good people now. There's some amazing messengers in the, the Liberty movement. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Uh, good night, everyone. Uh, <laughs> Um, it's, I don't know, like I said, maybe libertarians can't replicate what Democrats do as far as how they do it. The, the one thing is though, I don't, I don't think we have to ultimately, but moving forward, the, this whole thing was a shit show. As far as midterms, it was going to be a red wave. Well, 
you even halfway pay attention, it was very clearly not a red wave. It was a red trickle more than anything. Um, let's see here. Let's see. I had this up earlier, but apparently I was an idiot and decided to close it. Um, okay. Let's pull this back up. Okay, so right here, here's the current results, the current election results. So Senate results, uh, looks like so far Republicans have lost one, Democrats have uh, gained one, need a 51 majority, 51-4 majority. And uh, let's see, House results, 218, four majority. Uh, Republicans have picked up seven so far. Um, I am willing to bet that a couple of these might even change. Uh, maybe not the House. I'm, I'm pretty sure um, the House is getting a little warm. Pretty sure the, uh, the House results will probably stay similar to the same. Republicans will probably take it, in my opinion. Um, let's see, uh, in the Senate, uh, my, my bet, I don't know. I mean, it's 49 to 49 right now. Um, Democrats will probably take majority is, is my guess. Um, I, I, I don't know. Honestly, it, it's hard to even say because things change overnight. Um, let's see if I can find this real quick. Man, I'm so terrible at getting uh, prepared for some of this. Let's see. Uh, this is just terrible. Terrible entertainment right here. Um, hmm. Nope. I don't think I'll be able to find it. Well, as, as we all know at this point, um, results can change overnight and they, they can change uh, drastically in the middle of the night after, uh, you know, after some more votes are found. Aha, um. uh -huh. <laughs> I lied, totally found it. Um, thanks to myself. Come on, StreamYard, acting slow. So, you know, out of nowhere, uh, results can just uh, change for very little explanation, um, very little logic, uh, for, for any logical reason or any, any reasonable reason. Um, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, F. 
F in the chats, boys. Um, you know, I was thinking about this kind of a side note. France and, and most uh, or large portions of uh, the EU, uh, I, I could be wrong on this, uh, large portions of the EU where it might be the entire EU has actually banned melon ballots due to their corruptibility. And so I was commenting to somebody that <laughs> that even even other countries such as France, who I know have uh, outlawed them, um, have actually you know banned these uh, mail-in ballots. And yet here we are arguing about whether voter ID is racist or not. Which, mind you, if you think that black people can't get ID. Uh, you're racist. Uh, just more blatant hypocrisy. Okay. Probably clean up my tabs. Um, let's see. So. Okay, let's get back. Let's get back on track. Okay. I'm good. I'm good, I promise. Just have ADHD and haven't taken my meds one one hell of a one hell of a challenge here okay okay so uh, so not much will change um, federally yeah I I don't expect the trajectory that we are on to change at all honestly i i don't see it changing at all um i i have no reason to believe nobody has reason to believe otherwise so what is the 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 smart choice moving forward what is the uh the logical choice um what is best choice moving forward well let's come full circle here um, the best way to make change moving forward and th this is not my idea I wish I could take um, take uh, credit for this man total just like brain just <laughs> um, anyways I wish I could take credit for this um, and I'm not sure where he got this idea because I'm sure, you know, well, he's definitely not the first person to think of this either or either. But uh, Justin O'Donnell, who if you have or if you don't know, uh, definitely go find him. Uh, Subversive with Justin O'Donnell. Uh, great show. Great podcast. Funny dude. One of my favorite people in the Liberty Movement. Um. He said um, that moving forward, one of the best ways is state nullification and state su state succession. Um, yeah, personally, I, I think that is the only way moving forward. Um, I don't see I don't see any other possible way. So it's going to come down to the states. Now, 
my personal opinion of the libertarian movement, the libertarian party has definitely changed. Hot take. Um, the libertarian party should only exist at the most local level possible. That's the only way that it can function naturally. Now, okay, I get the whole thing, like we need a national party to be able to keep ballot access, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. Let's, let's have a mailbox. Let's have like the bare minimum of what it takes to keep ballot access or whatever, whatever. Let's have the bare minimum though. The whole focus of the entire party, the entire liberty movement needs to be locally. It needs to be your county commissioners, your city council, um, you, your sheriff. Sheriff is another position I didn't mention that is incredibly powerful within your jurisdiction, your, your, your county, your, the, the place that you live that affects your daily life. And if you get a bad person in this position, they can raise literal hell. So state succession and nullification. Well, you know, th this is easier for some states than others. Uh, push state independence. Uh, get off government welfare on a state level. You know, each state gets federal funding. Reduce that as much as possible. Um, obviously, you want to eliminate that. That means you also have to up your state GDP. You have to become as independent as possible. And ultimately, that's what I should have named this, uh, this episode is uh, Independence is the Way or something. Independence at every single level. So your state needs to grow its own food, need to have its own industry. And that's not, not to say uh, pro-isolationism. You should, should uh, still trade with uh, other states, other countries if possible. But if everything was cut off from your state, you should be able to function independently without any help. Most or a lot of states are incredibly dependent upon federal funding. Mainly it's to keep government programs, you know, working in these states. You don't need that. We don't need that. Reduce uh, the, the state's debt, be able to uh, break the dependency on uh, federal funding or uh, just federal dependence period for whatever reason. Here in the state of Utah, oh boy, that that's a it's a long road. I mean, the the government owns seventy plus percent of the land here in Utah. I mean, we're talking through BLM, uh, not Black Lives Matter, Bureau of Land Management. For anyone who doesn't know, and I mean, why the hell does the government own this land, anyways? This is something that's always kind of irked me. Um, they just come in and say, hey, look, nobody owns this land, so I guess we'll just take it. You know, that eminent domain stuff. Well, actually, I guess it's not eminent domain because nobody really owns it. It's just we can't really do anything with it. We can't farm it. We can't really ranch it. Um, but then they also come in and get uh, mineral rights and water rights. So 
they just declare that it's theirs. Anyways, so being able to declare dependency or uh, limit dependency on federal funding, federal resources as much as humanly possible. The way that we're going to do this is largely take over county by county, city by city. So it all comes down to the smallest level possible. Now, once you have the ability to say that, you know, we are in charge of these locales, then, you know, you have the state positions to be able to basically tell the feds to go fuck themselves. Um, I'm not sure exactly how this would work, but uh, the gun owners of America have this uh, pledge thing that each county can um, basically, well, just pledge to that um, you are a sanctuary, uh, a sanctuary gun region, uh, county, whatever. So you basically agree that, and, and th this has to come from the sheriff, uh, at least to be recognized by the gun owners of America, by the way, fuck the NRA. They don't give a shit about the second amendment. All about gun owners of America and, uh, firearm policy coalition. Those are the real OGs. Um, so basically GOA, they have this thing, uh, your, your, um, God, just brain farts, man. Just one after another. Um, your sheriff has to say that any unconstitutional federal firearm regulation will not be enforced in that particular area that he governs, which is the county. Here in Weber County, our sheriff sometime back actually signed this and basically has made the pledge that no unconstitutional firearm regulation will be um, enforced in Weber County's jurisdiction by the uh, sheriff's department exactly how that would work out if, uh, you know, the feds wanted to come in and actually do something. I don't know if the police departments would go along with this. Who knows? However, local sheriff's department has said no. Um, so basically what can happen is at a state level or even a county level, th this can definitely happen where the feds will come in and say something. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. Well, the local government comes in and says, uh, fuck you. No nullification. You nullify federal government's power. It happens. It happens a lot. Um, there was an example. Um, can't remember which state Wisconsin Minnesota, um, some, some state in the Midwest, um, Trump had wanted to call for a national guard to come out of that state to go to Portland, uh, you know, Portland, Oregon during, uh, all the BLM riots, Antifa riots. And 
the governor came in and nullified that decision and said, no, you're not taking our guardsmen. Okay, that's that's pretty based. So the same thing can happen with pretty much anything if that's what the state wants to do. So, fuck federal elections. It's all about the local elections, which actually affect daily. From there, once you secure these locales, you can actually get nullification. Once again, if you have these locales secured, at least for the most part, or a majority of locales, or a, a big enough um, a big enough influence in your state legislature, you could propose succession. Um, you could do all kinds of things, but that is the best thing moving forward. Now you can break it down even further than that. It's not just your locale, but everyone should be focusing in their communities. Start at the county, well, start at the state. Your state is where you need to focus. Fuck federal politics. Your county is more important than focusing on the state. Your city, more important than the county. Your neighborhood, more important than the city, your next door neighbor, more important than the neighborhood and your home, more important than your neighbor. So I was thinking about this the other day and big government cannot, big government cannot grow without weak men. Weak men are the only reason, well, I won't say the only. Weak men are, is the largest contributing factor to the growth of big government. Let's get rid of that. Clean up some of my tabs here real quick. So let that sink in for a minute. Big government cannot grow without weak men. So the first thing, at least, uh, at least all the guys, this is what I can say to the guys. I can't speak for women. I can't speak for actual women. Not these people pretending to be women and doing a terrible job at it. Guys, all of us need to be focusing on ourselves and what I mean, our mental health, our physical health, which are really one and the same. We need to be making sure that we are actual men being humble, being learned, taking care of ourselves. Without us being able to take care of ourselves and take care of our family, we, we have no business telling the rest of society how to be. You know, it's the whole Jordan Peterson thing, uh, clean, clean up your room. 
clean up your room. Let's see. Clean up your room. Clean up your room. I am a real boy. <laughs> um, it all comes down to you and yourself. Take care of yourself. The, the state, um, the state mechanism has really pushed to weaken men. And once you see that, it's no wonder testosterone levels have, you know, almost pretty much plummeted over the past 50 years. I was reading something that the average, you know, 35 year old male today has the same testosterone as an 80 year old man 60 years ago. That's insane. You know, it, they're currently poisoning us, um, you know, through through the one thing that I can't say on YouTube, um, but they're also poisoning us, poisoning us through food, through our air, through our water. They're doing things to intentionally weaken us and destroy any semblance of actual rebellion, uh, destroy any any ability of an actual uprising. Just think about it. Uh, at one point there was Occupy Wall Street. Everybody, regardless of what you believed, were uh, going up against the big banks. 20 years later, you, you've got JP Morgan and Chase Bank um, supporting a political side. Um, I, I don't think I have to tell you what political side. Um, obviously, the Democrats and all of their f fucking wild beliefs. But the point is, is that they, they have done everything to divide us. That's why all of these things are happening. And so one of the biggest things that they fear is community. Once again, we come full circle. Local politics matter. This is why I still vote. We need to rebuild these communities. We are communities. We need to rebuild the home. We need to rebuild the neighborhoods. We need to know our neighbors. Um, we need to get back to this traditional way that things were. Otherwise, this is what happens. So, COVID-19 public health emergency to stay in place. Go figure. I believe it was Ronald Reagan who said there's nothing more um, permanent than a temporary government program. I could be wrong on who said that. You know, there's just so, so much to be able to uh, remember. This is insane though. Let's see, I actually had something pulled up for this. Let's see. Here we go. So, let's see, and this is from Reuters, I believe. 
the United States will keep in place the public health emergency status of the COVID-19 pandemic. allowing millions of Americans to still receive free tests, vaccines, and treatments until at least April of next year, two Biden administration officials said on Friday. Yeah, today. See, the possibility of a winter surge in COVID cases and the need, need, like how they put that in there, the need for more time to transition out of the public health emergency to a private market where two factors that contributed to the decision not to end the emergency status in January, one of the officials said. Great quote. I'm going to leave that up while I finish reading this. So the possibility of a winter surge in COVID cases. Okay, first of all, who the fuck is even still worried about this? Unless, I mean, unless you, you got the experiment. In, unless you partook in the experiment, who the fuck is still worried about this? Um, the need for more time to transition out of the public health emergency. So not only is it a need, which means that government must fill that need, but this is, we, we need just more time to transition. Well, I remember when it was two weeks and then it became four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, a couple of months, half a year, a year, so on. Here we are still. Of course, they needed more time. They can't end this. It's, won't somebody please think of the children? Won't somebody please think of all the people who would lose their jobs? Anyways, the possibility of a winter surge in COVID cases. Yeah, okay, I already read that. Let's see. The public health emergency, PHE, was initially declared in January 2020 when the coronavirus pandemic began and had been renewed each quarter since. But the government in August began signaling it planned to let it expire in January. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS, has promised to give states 60 days notice before letting the emergency expire, which would have been on Friday if it did not plan on renewing it again in January. The agencies did not provide such notice, the second official said. So... Here we are, uh, more government and, uh, where are we at weakened men? Well, actually we're, we're looking at the destruction of men and women, which I find interesting. Um, I did actually want to end up doing a live stream about that as well. Cause it, okay. This is kind of a side tangent and we'll, we'll start wrapping up here soon. Um, Libertarians have been kind of criticized for placing themselves in the uh, culture war. Um, speaking of Jesson O'Donnell, I know um, he 
has said to me before he doesn't believe in a culture war i disagree i personally believe that there is very much a culture war happening let's see and libertarians have been criticized uh mainly by other libertarians go fucking figure that uh we have no place in it or it doesn't matter it's not a libertarian issue well i beg to differ I believe uh, we should be uh, smack dab in the middle of it. And the reason why, and here's my argument for it, is that a lot of this stuff, for instance, uh, one, one specific issue, just as an example, puberty, puberty blockers for children. Okay. That is a, a violation of consent. Children cannot consent. And the argument that they can is, well, that leads you down to the inevitable conclusion of those arguments would chip or go burr. Um, let's see. Oops. So. If for no other reason, other than the fact that there is an attack on actual consent, that is why libertarians should be involved in any of these culture battles, these, this culture war. Call it whatever the hell you want, but there is an attack on the idea that children cannot consent. Our entire philosophy is practically based on consent itself see I'm trying to pull something up of course I didn't plan on pulling this up but this is related to the coronavirus or COVID-19 public health emergency to stay in place good god um, let's see think this is it okay let me pull this up real quick I apologize for the for the boring ass stream right this second okay I swear to God if there's a commercial Missing news last night about the COVID pandemic. President Biden saying that while there's still work to do, he believes the pandemic is over. CBS News' John Diaz is live in Hamilton Heights with more on the president's comments and the battle that is still underway. John. Chris and Mary, good morning to both of you. And the president's remarks, as you can imagine, uh, they have been music to many people's ears. However, though President Joe Biden does not officially have the authority, the power to declare an end of a pandemic, the power remains with the World Health Organization. And in just a few hours from now, health leaders from the local level up to the federal level, uh, they will be meeting here uh, later on this morning to discuss and advertise why it's still important for everyone to get their boosters so we can keep an upper hand on this virus. The pandemic is over. A bold and optimistic statement made by President Joe Biden last night on 60 minutes.
okay, just just real quick. If if he doesn't have the ability to actually declare this uh, over, I would like to know who does. Now that's kind of a a hyperbolic question. Uh, well, I guess it's kind of not because I mean, there there was a president uh, declaration that there's that this was a pandemic in the first place. I mean, there there were other agencies involved as well, but. I mean, that, that's just a confusing statement to me. Minutes to Scott Pelley. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's but the pandemic is over. According to John Hopkins University across America, there have been almost 96 million COVID cases total. The president pointing to a catastrophic loss of people due to the pandemic. Another thing I want to point out real quick kind of related to all of this is we're expected to believe that uh, these these numbers are accurate. Okay, for argument's sake, these numbers are accurate. So these people can accurately tell us how many people have died, how many uh, you know people were dying. If you remember, CNN had the little counter down on the, the screen corner. These people could accurately tell us all of these numbers yet it's going to take two weeks in some cases to get election results go fuck yourself one that swept the planet at one point it seemed covid took pity on no one and we lost a million people a million people to covid when i got in office when i got elected only two million people were vaccinated i got 220 million the president's remarks follow other hopeful comments from public health leaders last month the u.s centers for disease control and prevention adjusted and loosened its covid guidance among the easing of rules it said americans no longer needed to social distance but there are some conflicting messages the u.s government is still designating covid 19 as a public health emergency and just last week, the head of the World Health Organization urged nations to keep up their efforts against the virus. We're not there yet, but the end is in sight. What end? What end is in sight? Because as far as I can tell, they're not giving this shit up. And some more promising news is that according to the World Health Organization, uh, the, the deaths from COVID-19, they still remain at its lowest since the beginning of the pandemic back in March of 2020, a time we all remember. We're live this morning from Hamilton Heights. John Diaz, CBS 2 News. Okay, John, thank you. <laughs> okay, John, thank you. Thank you, John. John, thank you. Thank you, John. Okay, all of this is fucking nonsense, and I think we all know that. Um, so, if it's over, why, why the public health emergency? Um, why is WHO, World Health Organization, being able to dictate this amount of policy? I mean, that's a hyperbolic question. I know the answer to that. and The, the, the fact is that Biden ended up selling our ability to declare public health emergencies and, you know, gave it over to the World Health Organization. Um, 
So obviously that's why they're being able to uh, dictate policy here. They're not elected officials. Um, they have been absolutely terrible at um, managing all of this. I would just like to say there is a big elephant in the room. Nobody is addressing and the unvaccinated are not dying. So, you know, there's just, uh, there's that. All of this stinks to fucking high heaven. You know, if it, it, I can't think of a better example of the elephant in the room than all of this. Every single time we turn around, the guidance or the science changes. There's, you know, admissions direct from Pfizer on exactly, uh, or on the fact that they knew that this didn't, that this, this experiment didn't help anything. And they released it yet anyways. Now, once again, obviously there's nothing I can do. There's nothing any of us can do if, well, as individuals to be able to influence world policy, um, we're, we're not at that level. Um, millionaire could even be a billionaire, but you're not part of the, it's a big club and you ain't in it. So what do we do? Once again, local, you got to work on yourself. You've got to work on your family. You've got to work on your neighborhoods. You've got to know your neighbors. And this doesn't mean that you have to get along with everybody. One thing I have learned being a Libertarian Party County Chair, just working in the community, running for office, doing all the things that I do, even running this podcast, I can confidently say a lot of people, they, they might say that they want freedom. Most of those people don't even know what that means. Just like uh, the the ultimate heartbreak, the ultimate heartbreak, uh, and th th this is kind of you know stupid. Let's see, another thing I didn't plan on talking about. Let's bring it up, anyways. Where the hell? There we go. Okay. Come on. So this is always just really interesting to me. Uh, this, this broke my heart. I was sad about this. Elvira. Oh, man. I don't care what anyone says. She's still hot. So, you know, the, this sentiment, uh, she's not the only you know, celebrity who said things like this, I'm leaving Twitter until they decide to reinstate their human rights and ethics team. 
Okay, you can't promote hate speech and call it free speech. Until then, unpleasant dreams. Well, Cassandra Peterson, guess the fuck what? Hate speech is free speech. People have the right to say terrible things. People can fucking do it, and it is protected speech. So it's either one or two things. You either don't understand what free speech is, or you're blatantly lying about it. I would like to give uh, the benefit of the doubt and say you're just an idiot and don't understand what free speech is. So I guess if I, I can almost guarantee if you asked her directly face to face, if, if she liked liberty and freedom and stuff, those are, you know, kind of buzzwords. She would probably be like, yeah, of course I want freedom for everybody. People have the freedom, blah, 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 blah. But then she says something like this. Uh, I'm using this as an example, but of course, most people, they say they want freedom, but they don't understand what that means. That's partially why I do this podcast is to hopefully, hopefully break through to somebody. Um, If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but I'm not going to sit idly by and do nothing. The thing is, is most people don't understand what real freedom takes and real freedom. Unfortunately, when it comes to things like this is going to take people being able to say some terrible fucking shit that you don't want to hear. You know what you do? You either tell them off because guess what? You have the freedom to respond or you like, if you're in person, you just say, I don't want to be around you. You leave that area. Or if you're on Twitter or some shit, you just keep fucking scrolling. You block that person. It's, it's interesting. It's the, I'm not sure how old any, everyone is, but back when I was a kid, um, you know, in the nineties, there was always the discussion of, you know, the FCC, which I would like to say that there will be an episode. I will be pre-recording and it will be about the FCC and how fucking terrible they are. But there used to be this argument. If you don't like what you're seeing, just change the channel. If you don't like what you're hearing, just change the radio station. This is the same fucking thing. But the the teams have switched. That's what's changed. It used to be the Democrats saying those things to change the channel. If you don't like it, just move on. You don't have to consume this. This is the same thing. Sorry to tell you, but people have a right to have terrible ideas. And in fact, I would argue that these terrible ideas are actually necessary to be able to find out what's true and what's not true. These terrible ideas are how we actually find out what is true and what is not. Just kidding. Um, I mean, for how, how long did we have uh, as, a, as a culture, as, uh, as the human race, did we believe that uh, the earth was the center of the solar system? 
we actually locked people up or we, the church, uh, you know, the, the dominant force at the time, the Catholic church locked people up, you know, Galileo locked him up for the rest of his life for speaking out against the belief, um, from the powers that be nowadays, it's the government, not so much the church, but unfortunately, even if say Galileo was wrong, he still had a right to be able to say that. Same thing is true now. The only reason we have things that are right is because we were wrong before. Failure is a big part of freedom. And people have a right to be wrong. And ultimately, that's what all of this comes down to is, as far as the freedom of speech thing is we have a right to be wrong. Now, you also need the humility to admit that, you know, you are wrong. And if you're presented with better information, you need to have that humility and strength to be able to say, okay, I have, uh, I have new information. I can, I can change my opinion because what I previously thought was wrong. And it's, it's just interesting. Freedom, freedom is so much more than not hurting somebody's feelings. <laughs> if you know that what happened to uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Granted, it's, it's a little childish. It's a little funny, but that is what I was taught when I was a child. <laughs> If, if somebody says something stupid and I don't like it, I make the choice to get mad, not them. If, if I get mad, I am allowing what they say to me or to the group or just screaming it in public because they're a crackhead or whatever. I'm allowing them to upset me. Personal responsibility uh, for your own actions. I don't want people out there screaming terrible things, but I walk out my front door realizing I, I might run into somebody who has a different opinion than me. And I also realize that I control my reaction. I also realize that I don't have to go home with that person. I can argue with that person because they have the right to be able to say that stupid shit and I can turn around and argue with them and tell them why they're wrong. And believe me, as a libertarian, that happens a lot. Or not even just as a libertarian, but as a anarcho-capitalist, as, uh, as a voluntarist. That happens a lot. It's, it's just somebody that uses their brain. It happens a lot. So I think we'll, uh, we'll wrap up here, kind of a bit of a tirade all around. So to wrap up and to really solidify the, uh, the whole point of this episode, voting still does matter on some level. Now it's, th think of all of this as like, think of this as like a toolbox. Okay. We, we have all of these different tools and things and voting 
running for office, all of, all of these things, it's, it's all part of the arsenal. Not everyone should run for office. Not everyone needs to, needs to, uh, be a messenger. Libertarians, please, for the love of God, listen to me. Not everyone needs to be a messenger. Not everyone needs to do everything, but we need people that do everything. That's why the Libertarian Party, in my opinion, is the most important party and the way moving forward because we have messengers. We have people that will run for office and vote. We have people who think voting is absolutely stupid, you know, the pure anarchists that want nothing to do with it. We need all of it. We need every tactic possible. I don't think it's a very good tactic, but it's one we have, and it's one we need to continue to use. Now, like I said, it might not be something you want to do. That's fine. But bring whatever thing you have to the table, whatever tactic you have. Maybe you're a great community organizer. Maybe you know how to fundraise. Maybe you know how to do these different things. Maybe you just want to go and spend time at, uh, at the Capitol building and go observe what they're doing. Write a report and send it out to people on an email list. Maybe that's just something you want to do. What you do is not really the point. The point is, is that we need to use every available option because what we as freedom and liberty loving people are trying to do will be a hundred percent squashed if we don't use every resource or outlet possible. And that's the whole point to this conversation. The whole point that I wanted to bring up. So on that, I think we will wrap up here. Um, been going for just a little bit, 135 minutes or 135, <laughs> an hour and 35 minutes. Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, so it was a lot of fun. Thank you for everyone tuning in. Do me a favor, hit that like button. Um, that helps so much in the algorithm. Um, it, it's really hard to get this show exposed to other people due to soft censorship. Um, but it also helps us to grow and it's, it's easy to do. One thing I, uh, before everyone takes off, um, we'll be doing more shows. Like I said, I've been kind of mulling back and forth about what to do with the show moving forward. Um, wasn't really sure just because of all of this stuff that that's going on. I have a, a pretty good idea of exactly where to head moving forward, especially into the holidays and everything. And, uh, I believe everyone will be pleasantly surprised. I am looking for anybody who has, um, knowledge or, um, skill sets of way to, prepare for all the horrible things that are coming, you know, our way. At this point, I've kind of become an accelerationist. Um, and I, I always kind of have been, but at this point, federally, I mean, I'll support Democrats. The reason why is uh, 
fucking let's just burn this thing down, dude. Let's just let's get it over with. Fetterman 2024. Let's let's get him and Biden running for president. And let's just see where this fucking train wreck goes. The only thing that I really give a shit about at this point is locally. I know I can still affect my local races. Even though I didn't win my race, you better believe I will be uh, getting getting a hold of my my legislature, uh, legislative representative, Kyle Musselman. Boy, you better be waiting for phone calls and emails, letters, and uh, yeah, ev- everything will be coming. I will be running again, hopefully, and uh, I'm going to work on myself. I think everyone should, whether it's mentally, physically, both, do whatever you need to do. But let's just... the. Ah, God, the system is so broken. Let's just get it over with. We we are coming down to some scary times. So anybody who has any skill sets, um, I, I, I'm talking canning food, um, any any sort of information to be able to help people prepare for, you know, power outages, uh, survival skills, bushcraft skills. Anything along these lines. Um, I also plan on uh, bringing on political strategists. Um, I am always looking for um, hearing the opposite side: Democrats, socialists, communists. It you know whatever. Any skill. Any skill, and you know the communist, socialist stuff. I I want those people to come on because I want to hear the opposite opinion it's hard to get those people on. I do have, you know, some conversations, uh, with, with some people, we'll see if we can get them on, but a lot of them don't like their ideas, uh, put to the test, you know, in the public forum. It's always like, Oh yeah, I'll come on to debate you. And then you invite them on and crickets. Anyways, anybody that knows anyone that has any sort of skill set, any, sort of skill set that would increase independence amongst other people. I want them on my show. So anyone out there that hears that I've got tons of people that I'm working on. Um, feel free to send an email my way. You can contact me through my website at rise to liberty.com. There is a contact section, um, or reach me on Instagram, Twitter, or telegram. Those are the three places I spend the most time. And uh, on that, make sure to go to risetoliberty.com slash links. It's my master link. It pulls up everywhere I possibly am. And uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much that. Thank you everyone so much for tuning in. And uh, it's not going to be as long until I do the next live stream. Uh, I have a lot of time on my hands right now. So I'll be doing a lot more coming up, probably even tomorrow. Um, If not, uh, it'll be real soon. Anyways, on that note, I would like to thank everyone for breaking your programming. And we'll be doing this a lot more. Until next time, stay free, my friends.